1: So this morning we're going to, we're just going to talk a little bit about our anniversary and all the different things. It's funny just um, thinking about it. You know, God placed the vision for this church uh, in my eyes back in 1999. He gave me a vision of people coming together, encountering God, being transformed by His presence learning to be a family, being healed, all these different things. And, uh, of course, I didn't know that this, is, this was that. What I knew is we tried doing it in several different venues, and I knew that it was a part but not all. And this is all. This is the all. This, this is that what he gave me uh, many years ago, 1999. And actually, Rifka. And Karen and Wanda and Chuck and myself are, are the originators. We were all in the beginning. And since that time, we've had a lot of people come through. They've been trained and healed and educated and sent out to develop ministries. In fact, the school that uh, Suzanne's going to is, is like our sister church, Rafa House up there. Russ and Nancy uh, Barry are the pastors there. They were a part of our church for a long time. And you know, God We would love for everybody to stay here forever, but a lot of times it's a transitional place for you to get what you are supposed to get in order for you to move where you're supposed to move. And for some of us, we'll be here until the cows come home, and then for some of us, it will be a stop on a journey to something else. So it's fun. you know, I, I came from a church when I was young where um, my grandparents were like the pillars of the church and they'd been there forever. And uh, but it, it but it's hard when you see something different that God has. You know, he has a body that he's forming, that he's growing, that he's raising up and he's sending out to do the things that God does that God calls them to do. But the scripture really that this church was founded on is John Four twenty-three through 24. And I read it. I said it this morning, but uh, the hour has come and now is where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. That is our heart. Our heart is all about worship. And everything else comes from our worship. We know that we are transformed in worship. We know that we have men that run during worship, that that's their transformation, right? (laughs) We got our two bookends right here. But, you know, and I laugh about that, but really when we enter in the presence of the Lord, we're changed and we don't even understand what change has happened, but something's happened and we go out different. And part of our heart is stewarding that that change that God has put in us. You know, what has he spoken over us? What did he do during worship this morning through you? What was he speaking to you? Those are the kind of things that we want to provide room so that you can have that time and moment as a corporate body with Christ together. And uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about is the forecast for 2023. A lot of my shows this this time I recorded was about what people saw was coming for 2023. And uh, those words that I read this morning, I mean, when we think about what God's about to do for Florida... It, I mean, it, but you know, when we think about that, we've been declaring those words for years. We know that the fire is going to start in Florida. We know it has already started. We know that Lakeland was an interrupted revival because sin overtook the glory of God that was moving in our region. You know, we know that there have been pockets of fire throughout our state that have been fanned at some level but have been squelched at many other levels. Um, So we have to become good stewards of the revival that God is bringing. And it's not a revival uh, from the old. It's a new revival. One of my guests that was on uh, uh, Dr. Keenan, he's in Tampa. He was talking about him and his wife had gone down and done a pastor's conference and they decided they took their kids with them and they decided to go on a little boat trip. Well, as it turns out there were people on their boat and on the uh deck whatever you call that you know the uh what's that thing called where you dock your boat on the dock uh that weren't saved and everybody on the dock and everybody on their boat that wasn't saved got saved And he said, it wasn't, we planned it we decided to take a little break from the conference and take our kids out. And the suddenly of God opened up the hearts of those who didn't know and not just one got saved, but all of them got saved. That's the kind of move that God is doing. He is opening up an opportunity for us in the most unexpected encounters. You know, he didn't put a tent up on the dock. He just tried to get all his kids on the boat. He's got five of them. You know, and, and everybody there got saved and that's what God is doing. It's, it's different. It's different than what we expect. It's going to come out of the grocery stores. It's going to come out of our office. It's going to come out of our neighborhoods. That's what God is doing. He's raising up a, a wave of his presence in this hour so I want to talk a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about Genesis 26, and that's what the Lord kept talking to me about. Earlier in the month, I shared about the word that the Lord had given me out of Isaiah 54. You can turn to Genesis 26, Isaiah 54, about how it's a time of enlargement, how it's a time of expansion, how that the, the space that we have, and I don't mean in the literal, but in the, in the spiritual realm is being stretched to such a greater measure. And one of the words that, um, in fact, several people that are, <coughs> excuse me, on my show in the next coming months uh, talked about how there's going to be such a manifestation of miracles and healings and, and just a real display of God's wonder and glory. And And it's going to catch the attention of people who don't have any idea who God is. I'm watching, uh, Stella came over yesterday, my granddaughter came over yesterday, and um, she's eating her lunch, and she wanted to watch TV. uh, The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I'm like, okay. But the commercial for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that came on was all about magic and wizardry and how, you know, there's like a a genie in the bottle and, and how when it comes out, you get what you want. And, you know, trying to... Uh, I guess, um, interject that, you know, God's glory and his signs and his wonders are so much different than what our kids are being taught. However, this whole thing that they're doing is stirring up a hunger for something beyond the natural. We just want to guide them to the supernatural, of course, not to the demonic. And uh, just FYI, uh, Disney, who had that show, uh, Little Demons, has been canceled. There was such an outcry. uh, So that has been canceled. So we think we don't have any power and we're not making any difference, but it's not true. God is using us to dismantle. The demonic forces that have been set up against him, and it's just little O me and little O you. We're the ones who are dismantling it. So this morning, as I was talking to the Lord and and just saying, you know, what you got going on this morning. He's like, I got a lot going on, but let's just start with the basics. Genesis 26, and we're going to just read a few verses out of this, but part of this is the pattern for what is coming, where we are right now, Genesis 26, and we're going to start in verse one, um, and it's about uh, Isaac and Abinelech. and it says, there was a famine in the land. I want you to write down the word famine, because there is a famine in our land. But we do not have to concern ourselves with the famine. That is not our our portion. Our portion is not to live in a famine. Our portion is to prosper in the times of a famine. And that is what will draw people to the heart of God. And then it talks about, it says, besides the first famine uh, that was in the days of Abraham, which very similar situation that Isaac is going through. And Isaac went to Abinelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Now understand, there's been other famines in our land. Where we can say, "Oh well, this happened. Well there was the two thousand eight housing crash well and i 've heard people say that oh it 's going to be like two thousand eight. No, it is not. No, it is not. What we have to understand is God is doing a new thing he 's asking you, can you perceive what i 'm doing he 's asking you, can you tell that when there's a famine in the land that you are prospering and buying houses?" That you are getting promotions and new jobs. Those things do not happen in a famine. But God is doing something new in this time of lack. And you can look at our country and say, they're going through some things. And I've even heard a prophetic word. You know, uh, now's the time where the uh, supply chain is really going to crash. Well, I hear that prophetic word, but then I go to the word and say, I'll take that as a warning, but that is not my portion. That is not what I am going to live out of because I have seen God supernaturally take care of bills, send checks in the mail, bring things that have been delayed And what he is, is he's demonstrating to us that we're not going to live in the world system, that we're going to live in the kingdom system. And that's part of what's going to draw the revival in, because people are going to say, how are you able? Why are you prospering? What is going on here? And that gives that invitation to invite them into the economy of God. And right now, economy is a very big word for us. We need to understand how to hold on to the kingdom economy and understand that God does not operate by the world finances. We are giving finances as a tool for us to use, but we are not limited to what is happening in the world system. We are not limited to the interest rates being what they are because God is providing a way for a house to be financed. We are not limited to what is happening out there. We are actually expected to be extravagantly blessed and abundantly taken care of because of the world system we live in, which is the kingdom of God. we got to write this down. We got to get this because it's going to get tighter, but it's not for us. We're going to be off a week and still have more than enough. And it can be favor. It can be because they're tired of messing with the computer. It can be whatever reason. It doesn't matter. It's still God's economy that we are prospering underneath. And that's what happened to Isaac. He prospers in this. Um, verse two, it says, then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land, which I tell you. So you need to live where God has told you to live. You know, sometimes we think, well, if we go here or we go there, it's going to be better. What did God say? If God says you live in the land, which I've called you to, then no matter where you are, God is with you. And that's what he tells Isaac, dwell in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. Take that word. God is going to bless you. He is with you. And for you, uh, uh, for to you and your descendants, I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore. To Abraham, your father. So everything that God has promised you, and even when I think Matt was talking about uh, the prodigals, this is a prodigal season. It is a prodigal season. We're going to see our families coming home to a whole new understanding of what and who God is. So it is a descendants, descendants season for us. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The nations of the earth will be blessed because of us. Yeah. And I don't even have to leave Tarpon Springs. I can since I live in St. Pete, you know, that that actually works out better for me. But but, you know, the nations are going to be blessed because of us. They're going to be blessed because we live in Florida and because we're stoking the fires. They're going to be blessed because wherever you're living, watching online is because you live there. And God says, if you'll stay where I've put you, then I will bless you in everything that you do. So it's a season to stay to stay put. It's a season to understand famine will not affect us. That's so good, God. Uh, Let's see. We're going to maybe do verse 5. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So it is a season of obedience. It is a season of cleaning up anything that's not in aligned with God. I did an interview with Patricia King, and she said one of the big things God said is get rid of that potty mouth. That that is a word to the body. Clean up your mouth. No cursing. No cursing other people. No cursing verbally. No uh, declaring things that don't align with God. You got to get your potty mouth cleaned up. When she said that, I was like, I don't think I've heard that since I was a little kid. <laughs> and we got our mouth washed out with soap. So, you know. But God apparently is getting the soap out and he's going to wash our mouths out because he wants holiness. He wants righteousness. He wants our words to align with what his word says. When there is something going on in the world, we're not going to say, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. I can't believe it. What's going to happen to us? We're going to say our God says that I'm part of his blessing. I am living where he's called me to live, and I am going to be fruitful. I'm going to multiply. I'm going to prosper in a time of famine that nothing the enemy has planned is going to prosper against me. And I'm going to live out of the righteousness of God. Right? That's so good. God is good. Now we're going to skip down to verse 12. I'm going to skip over the how. Isaac giving away Rebecca and all that kind of stuff. We're going to skip that one for now. It says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped that same year a hundredfold. We've got to expect that, guys. Just as Pastor Gene shared about getting money back, I had someone send me something where they were in the hospital emergency room. The hospital actually called them and said, Uh, We've written off your $5,000 bill and she didn't even ask for it. She didn't even ask. They went ahead before her and said, I've taken care of it for you. Who does that? God does. God turns the head. He shifts favor our way. And her whole thing is getting out of debt by the time in November. And uh, then she got another $5,000 that same month. So $10,000 in one month. We've got to be willing to expect the unexpected. You know, one of the things that Chuck Pierce, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago maybe, he uh, prophesied that the Lord is saying that we need to expect millions and billions. That we need to declare that. We need to go after that for the kingdom of god we need to understand the steward of finances right now is so critical because we are shifting the the composition of the world by our finances if you say i don't have much then ask god for more and Ask him to teach you to steward the more he has for you because he's not going to give you a million dollars if you can't steward it. So he's going to protect you from self harm. So ask him to make you a better steward and increase the financial uh, box that you have. My financial baskets, yes, Lord, increase my baskets. So good, verse 13. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Does anybody get this? Not only did he prosper, but he continued to prosper. And then he became very prosperous. Who wants to be that man? I want everybody to say yes, (laughs) because we've got somewhere to go, and we've got something to do, and we're going to, everybody's going to need to pull their funds together to to be able to accomplish it all, and of course, when that happens, it says for he had possessions of uh, flocks and possessions of herds and great numbers of servants, so what happens? The enemy is envious. The enemy begins his attack against the prosperity that God has given us. But what's so interesting in this story, and we'll just read a couple more verses. It says that uh, they begin to envy him. Verse 15 says, now the Philistines had stopped up the wells, which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And you can go back and read that. I think it's Genesis, maybe 21, uh, something right in there. But um and they had filled them with the earth. And Abinelik said to Isaac, Go away from us, because you are mightier than we. So the king, understand the leadership understood that Abinalek need to leave. But the minions didn't. You know, they're clogging everything up, they're blocking everything. But but Isaac didn't get into it with them over what they had done. He went to one well and the and the Philistines. I blocked it up. So he just moved on. We've got to know what battle we're supposed to fight. And there's sometimes God just says, let it go and walk away. There's sometimes he says, dig in and don't, don't move. Don't be moved. But we have to know what battle we're supposed to fight. And not every battle that the enemy presents to us is our battle. Sometimes God just wants us to shake the dust off our feet and move on. Instead of sitting there and getting into a hand-to-hand combat that we will eventually be drained, distracted, and discouraged from. And that's really been a big tactic of the enemy in this hour. Is he wants to get your focus off of what God's doing so that you're disappointed, you're discouraged, you're distracted, and you're drained. And all of a sudden, you no longer see what God is doing. You're just so worn out. Fighting a battle that is not your battle to fight. So we have to understand what battle are we supposed to fight. And there's some we just need to move on and let it go. And we're going to see that a lot when it comes to people. We need to keep our eyes open and our ears open. Are these my people? Are they... Bringing benefit to the calling that God has given me. Are they inadvertently, whether willful or not, creating discouragement and distraction of what I'm supposed to be doing? We're supposed to love everybody, but not everybody's going to be our people. Right? And I think we really have to be very sensitive to that in this hour. Because there's those who are called to really take you off track. And it may be with the best intention. They may not even know that they're being used by the enemy. It may be for your best benefit, they think. But really, they're there to distract you from the assignment that God's given you. So keep your eyes open for people. Good people. Really, it really is people that are aligned with the calling that God has given you. You can always tell when people support you. I remember um, when I started the the first round of the gathering, when God gave me that vision in 1999, it actually was the gathering. That's what he called it. And um, so the church I was attending at the time, they said, well, why don't you start an evening service once a month to do that? And I was like, Phew. I actually didn't, I had never done anything like that. I was like, I have no idea how it would even work. And they're like, well, we know you're supposed to do it. Okay. So two of the main leaders from that church came to me and said, one of them said, don't feel bad if nobody shows up. So I am like, never done anything like this before. They are one of the associates pastor. They're like, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling confident now. And then one of the other ones was like, "Well, you know, we've tried this before, but people aren't really that interested." I'm like, "I not interested in God? Not interested in coming together and just seeing what he wants to do? No, I don't, yeah, no, I don't think they're that interested." I'm like, "Okay. So I go to the very first meeting thinking this is going to be terrible. I can feel it. <laughs> I am so stressed out and nervous because they were for whatever reason Trying to make me feel better? I don't really know. But all I knew is that I thought I heard from God, but I began to doubt I heard from God because you've got leaders telling you, that's probably not going to work. Don't get your hopes up. Don't think God's going to go show up because nobody else is going to show up. It took me a long time to realize whether anybody shows up or not, I'm there for God. Right? So we have to remember that even some of the people closest to us are not always for us because they can't see what God has called us to do. So what they see is in the natural or even through their own experience, instead of saying, I've looked into the spiritual realm with you and I see the anointing of God on you and I'm going to stand and partner with you until you've walked through the door that God has opened for you. That's what you need. You need to be in body life that are going to support you. You need to get around people that are going to support you. And in 2023, we are going to see an exponential move of body life again. We're going to see people gathering again. We're going to see people wanting to be together, wanting to share experience, share meals together, share hanging out together. We're going to see a resurrection of the body of Christ very differently than it's been not institutional, not even organizational, but really spiritually driven by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to see. So um, one other scripture, and then Gene's going to share a little something. Right, Jean? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he just loves that mic. He, he has got a word. We talked about it earlier. He's got something he wants to share. Uh, So the last scriptures, um, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Oh, it's, it's 22. So Isaac moves on from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So sometimes you find your place where there's peace. They did not quarrel over it. And it says, so he called it the name Rehoboth because. Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. This is a season where the Lord has made room for us and we have more than enough room and we are finding favor where we should not have any favor. We're finding people move on our behalf and be willing to do things for us that you're like, why? But it is just the turning of their heads by God. Toward us. And it's even just finding, even this building that we're about, the space we're about to move into, we did nothing to deserve that favor. We looked and looked and looked, and they, and Chuck called him and he's like, What can I do for you? How can I make it work for you? How can I fix it where you'll be happy? Chuck's like, Well, I got a lot of ideas on that. But you know, when you think about it, we're dealing in realms of people who don't know the spirit of the living God. And God is putting such a uh, a willingness in their heart to make room for us in this season, which is what's going to happen is we're going to see the kingdom at God, advance by the hand of the unbelievers because they've made room for the born again believers of God to take position in territory where they should be. So think about that. So when we look at people that are not born again, that don't know the Lord, we don't have to worry about whether they're or against us. We just look for the opportunity of God using them to make room for us In the position he's called us into, whether they stay around for a length of time or not, doesn't make any difference. All we need is the blessing of their favor that will expand the kingdom of God in order for us to step into a greater measure, a greater calling that God has given us. So look for those who don't believe to make room for us. Look for those who don't believe to actually advance the territory of the kingdom without even realize what they're doing. Because God has turned their head toward us. He has given favor to us through them. And what is going to happen is in these times of famine and in these times of, you know, whatever, political unrest, whatever it is, is those who come up behind us in the unbeliever's, will actually benefit from our abundance. So we will not only be a benefit to one another and to the kingdom, but they will live in a splash over of what we've received. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? God was talking to me about that. He's like, you know, they will benefit from you. They will benefit from what the gatherings do. They'll benefit from every workplace Because our abundance will spill over into them. Expect your anointing to bring favor into your offices. And bless even those who don't know the Lord because you are there. And bless them financially. Bless their households. Bring healing to their bodies. Bring reconciliation to their families. We are carrying a real dripping of the Lord right now. That is just getting all over everybody we get near. It's like that wet dog, you know, shaking it all loose, right? Oh, no, Gene. I'm going to invite Gene up. He's going to share for a minute, too. People keep saying it's seven years of abundance, so um, we'll just grab a hold of that.
0: Thank you, Pastor. Is food here yet?
1: The door's open.
0: It must be. Okay, I'll make it quick then. <laughs> My honey nut cheerios are long gone, so I'm ready for some more. I just want to read a scripture to you. Ephesians two nineteen It says, "...now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple." In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit and honestly i i 've seen this lived out in flesh here at the gathering you know uh, i've had i 've had the pleasure of being a part of different ministries and different churches and fellowships in in in, in my life some I actually had family connections some I was just part of the machine, and uh, how many of you know? Sometimes being part of the machine is not fun because <laughs> uh, the machine's got still got to be greased and maintained. And sometimes, sometimes it falls apart. Sometimes a a cog breaks a, in one of the wheels, and you end up getting spit up and chewed out, or chewed up and spit out. Whatever the case may be, we experience it in corporate America. We experience it in church America sometimes. But I can say that, honestly, in all my life, and I I love the people that I have had the pleasure to be a part of over the years, but when I came to the gathering, I came here a stranger. And felt like I got adopted into a household. And during that process, saw the glory of God fill this house. Time and time and time again. Um, Connections that I found here. People, uh, you know, that call me. Say, how can I pray for you and your family? Thank you, Wanda. People that check on me. and A pastor that I can call pretty much any time, day or night, although I don't, Try to push the envelope after eight o'clock at night, <laughs> and yeah. and can talk to and you know about whatever, and uh, you know and I and I see in the you know sometimes in the and because I have seen churches mismanaged and and uh, stolen from and 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 just bad business practices, you know we've got our. Uh, our, uh, uh, I call him our administrative pastor, uh, Pastor Chuck. One of the smartest men I know. I, I'm just going to tell you, this guy, he's got he's got the brain of an engineer, and I've particularly seen it as we've discussed this this new venture we're going into. After the first of the year, it's like with him, it's just it says okay, it's something else on his checklist, you know, no big deal. And I'm just in awe of it. I, I it would you know it would. Uh, I don't. I don't think I could do that, Chuck. And I see people that have become a part of this body, and you not only become a part of the gathering on Sunday morning, you become a part of the gathering seven days a week, where stuff goes on behind the scenes that I, you know, even Pastor Cindy doesn't have to check on it. I don't have to check on it. We don't have to wonder about it being done. It's just being done, and. You love doing it. That's the main thing. Nobody told you you had to do it. Nobody, you know, nobody, uh, told you. You just stepped up and you did it. And we're going to see more and more of you step up, not because you didn't want to before. It's just that there, it was. It's time. It's time, and 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 God's expanding and, and doing new things. But one thing that I really believe in in adding to what Pastor Cindy said about 2023 is that we're going to see more and more people that didn't have family, that felt like strangers, become more, become a part of this family, just as you and I have experienced that. It's hard to imagine. You know, we're, I've been in churches this size that literally fought against growth. They'd say they wanted it, they wanted all the benefits of growth, but they didn't want the responsibility of the growth. And they became clannish and cliquish and inward and would not embrace new people. You guys embrace new people all the time. You, you, you continue to do that. This this is a a healthy family wants to grow, a healthy family can grow. It doesn't matter if there's more mouths to feed. It doesn't matter if there's more people to counsel, and and it doesn't matter if 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 uh, uh, we got to put out more chairs. It, it, all those things don't matter because that's what we do. We're family, and so we grow. Because we're healthy. because we Not that we're not being healed. We're still being healed. We're still being transformed. But the more we get healed and transformed, the more we can bring in others that are candidates for being healed and for being transformed. And so I just want to, you know, if, if I could add anything to the 2023 prophetic forecast, is family is about to increase exponentially. It's going to, it's, as, as, the, uh, as the Kia commercial says, it's going to be huge. <laughs> but thank you, family, for being my family. And yes, there will be some that they won't leave the family, but they'll be sent on new assignments. Because we all go from grace to grace and from glory to Glory. There'll be shiftings. There'll be changes. It just happens. But see, that's also what healthy families do. We stir the nest and we kick the kids out and send them on their way because it's time for them to leave mom and daddy. It's time for them to grow up and start families of their own. And we're part of that, too. So thank you, Gathering, for for, uh, being who you are. And I can't wait to see what God has for us in 2023. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy stewartcom We'll see you next time.